Nothing has transformed our hearts and changed our marriage more than biblical community. Nothing. Hmm. So I wrote those words in chapter, I don't know the name, the number of the chapter, chapter, <laughs> I'm just going to say chapter 11. <laughs> I don't even know. I just wrote the book. Oh, 13. Uh, see through, yeah, 13, chapter 13. <laughs> Close. So I wrote those words and actually when I was rereading it kind of in prep for this episode, I was like, really? <laughs> like, should I have written that? And I got to thinking about it and I realized, you know what? Yeah, nothing has changed our lives and our marriage more, aside from God himself, right? More than Christian community. So we're going to talk about exactly what that means within the context of marriage. And this is actually part four of a four-part miniseries we're doing on our new book, See Through Marriage, which just released on Tuesday of this week. So two days ago from the time this episode goes live. So anyway, join us. Uh, this is going to, be, going to be a fun conversation. I think we're going to have some honest revelations about what true Christian community looks like. I think it'll challenge you, but more than anything, I think it will help you. So we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. When you said, I think that biblical community has changed, or has been the biggest impact uh, in our marriage, and you said, aside from God, I was like, well, God works through our community. <laughs> oh, there she is. There's the smudgeness. I'm not trying to have the smudgeness. I'm trying to cl- clarify the smudgeness so there's <laughs> okay. clarity around it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean it because it wasn't until we got into biblical community, meaning that we had friends and relationships that are gospel-centered, or not all friendships are created equal. They're not the same. Right. And there's, there's something to be said for there. Christian friendships yeah. over just friendships in general. And what are the differentiators of a Christian friendship, which we'll look in, in, into that. We also look at what are the differentiators or what is the, what are the purposes and structures and functions of Christian community. So there's one-on-one relationships, but also like our, our cup, our family being a part of a larger community group yeah. through our church yeah. and how that works out and how we had to have hard talks in those context. Absolutely. So as a reminder, what is what is this episode, Selena? I've been talking a lot, so No, you're good. This episode is the the, <laughs> the which one of the how many? It's the last and final episode of this four mini series, mini part series. Mini part? Four part <laughs> mini series. <laughs> See? It's under that bus. So I just cannot talk this very is, well about these four so we can have nice things. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you're so articulate though, usually. Are you Thanks. pregnant? Nope. <laughs> nope. Gentlemen, don't ask your wife if she's ever having a hard time articulating herself. Don't just say, are you pregnant? <laughs> mm, having some self-control right now because we're on the microphones. So That's good. That's good. good. You learned from our last episode. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know yourself. You have not learned. Speaking of which, quick recap over those last. If you haven't listened to any of those episodes, we would definitely encourage you to go check those out. The first week we talked about how to cultivate a see-through sex life um, and how to have conversations around that and the importance of uh, being fully known uh, and not Mm. just fully naked together, I guess would be a way to say it. Wow. Which led us into um, being able to have hard conversations, talking about see-through communication. So our our motivations of Mm. are we both – 
are we doing more than just exchanging words, but are we sharing meaning uh, on about the things that we're talking about? How do we wow. have, and how does, how, how we need to have, you know, spiritual maturity and emotional maturity to even begin to have those conversations and be aware of those. Uh, the third week was why knowing ourselves matters. Mm. So uh, why do we need to know ourselves? Do we need to know ourselves to be able to be better in ourselves and for ourselves? No, we know ourselves to be better well, I don't. I don't like that word. Better. Sorry. Rewind to be, that to be the higher fidelity transmitters of God's glory. That was the nerdiest <laughs> way I could have possibly said that. <laughs> we know ourselves to make God known, basically, and He yeah. He is glorified through us when we are able to know and understand how we are wired, how He created us. Because that's a means through growing in holiness and being sanctified yes. and, and turning those parts of our hearts over to Him right. uh, and to be more conformed into the image of Christ. Right. Um, and one way yeah. that we are, one avenue that we're talking about today of how we are sanctified and how we are, uh, as a married couple, brought back uh, under kind of the gospel and, and being shown like where our weaknesses are, having people see through our marriage a little bit, uh, mm. is through Christian community um, and and friendships uh, and understanding the difference in function and purpose <clears throat> for those. So I want to, um, I think it's it's an appropriate time to, to remember the theme of this book, right? It's all yeah. about being see-through, uh, or in other words, transparent in your life, in your marriage. And the image that we use, if you haven't seen the book cover, it's a beautiful stained glass. We love stained glass windows. And we, the analogy we made early on and kind of carried as a thread throughout the book is that we are all these imperfect shards of glass, right? We are, are uneven shapes. We are different colors. We have rough edges and we are most, we, we are most beautiful. Okay. To the extent that the light shines through us and that we are not the light. We do not create the light. We do not, we only transmit it mm. and it transmits through us to the extent that we are transparent, right? And still our, our imperfections and God is somehow glorified, uh, in us and through us by his grace for the, the whether we're perfect, we're, we're, we're not perfect, right? We're imperfect mm. and it comes through and, and, and so. I use the analogy of when we went back to, we were at St. Patrick's Cathedral when we were getting engaged and, um, it was this, this big kind of production that I did and to, to win oh, your heart. Oh, young Ryan. Young Ryan. Young. Oh, no the more, things I could tell you. No more big productions. <laughs> None. <laughs> this is it, sweetheart. This is it. Podcast. <laughs> this is the life you get. <laughs> um, it's a good life. So I went back to that moment and remember just how beautiful those, those stained glass art pieces were. And as a, as a Christian body, the body of Christ, the Christian, the body of global body of believers, mm. we kind of are a stained glass window, mm. right? We all are different shapes and colors and hues and different things. And we, the more clearly we we shine the light of Christ as a, as a body, as the body of Christ, the more glorified he is, the more beautiful the picture becomes. So today we're talking about that. What is Christian community? And how can we cultivate truly see-through relationships with others, people that are outside our marriage, for the benefit of our marriage, for the benefit of us as individuals? Yeah, I think one of my own personal faults in terms of like friendships is that I often would place the wrong expectations on different friends, right? Mm, like yeah. I might go to a friend who maybe doesn't share the same beliefs, but we have a different common ground. Uh, maybe it's a hobby or maybe it's, you know, we have kids that like each other. So, you know, there's just a, some other thread that's kind of bringing us together. And in the past, I've maybe opened up about 
frustrations I'm having. And I only to discover, not to uh, surprisingly discover, but uh, that they may not be advocating for my marriage or my relationship with my husband. They may be actually stepping into that adversarial role of fighting, hmm. you know, well, what do you want? What do you need? I mean, you need to take care of yourself before you can, you know, those kinds of voices. And I think hmm. that it's it's good to have friends that have dissenting opinions, I think. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. also agree, I also strongly agree that we have to uh, use wisdom and discernment on what topics we bring up with them and what we mm. allow, what ground they're allowed and given, uh, with to our marriage and yeah, our I mean, hearts. And that's just it. That's just our it. spiritual we, selves. In other words, we really have to, we have to differentiate. Um, if we're Christians, we, there's some, there's friendships that are explicitly with other Christians and there's other friendships that ne- aren't necessarily, we don't have the, we don't have our scent gospel centrality at the center of our mm. relationship. Mm-hmm. I asked a question in this chapter. Um, I think I wrote this, I wrote this part of it and it said, uh, what makes Christian friendships and community different from every other group of friends or acquaintances? Even if you have some version of everything I've outlined above, I've talked about um, um, different versions, like aspects of Christian friendship. Uh, how can we live Paul's more excellent way, quote unquote, as Christians who seek, build and experience community? Not all expressions of community are the same and many never truly resemble the type of see-through community we see in the early church. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we looked at the early church and some of those friendships and those calls to friendship and came up with what I, I think they're helpful because it's very yeah. clear. These five differentiators of a Christian friendship, Christian community. And again, not just so you can isolate yourself, like Selena was saying. It's really important to have friendships with people that don't share your worldview. Right. The, the, what's also important is not to let those friendships into aspects of your life that will cause division um, or cause you to either turn from the gospel yeah, or you can't let those your marriage. friendships dictate where right. you're at. Right. And I think that has always been a struggle for me because of my personality too. I am a people pleaser and I want to be friends with everyone. Um, but sometimes you just can't do that or there's different ways of doing that. Right. And so um, these differentiators were very clarifying for hmm. me anyways. And you'll find, and this is what I found in doing the study is that it's more than just, hey, are you a Christian? Great. I'm a Christian too. Let's be oh, friends. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The theology works itself out so differently with each other. And the commitment yeah. based on that theology. So if I, I have a, I have a, some really close, I call them brothers. Like they're, they're my brothers in Christ and my mm-hmm. brothers in arms. And we not only share a theology or and a belief system, but we share a commitment to each other. And I think they're, and I've come to realize that these five differentiators, we can get better in some of them, Mm. in some of these differentiators, but uh, that it's really clarified for me, the friends that I really want to take advice from, the ones that I really want to pour time and energy Mm. into as friends. So what's the first one? So the first one is what we've been talking about pretty much the whole time, (laughs) gospel centrality. (laughs) Mm. So the reality of our needs and Christ's sufficiency in meeting them uh, must be at the core of this. And like you said, it's it's our it's our Jesus is not like a footnote. He's not kind of the sidebar, which that happens in terms of our Christian friends, right? There's mm. some people that, like you said, call themselves Christian, but um, their lives and decisions that they make don't necessarily reflect Christ being at the center. They reflect uh, him being again a footnote or a side note. So I have a good example of this okay. in real time. Do I was uh, sharing. <laughs> A current event in our lives with a good, with a brother, with a good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, all of them. We were all together, and um, 
I said, Hey, this hard thing's going on and I don't really know what to do with it. And to be honest, it'd be a lot easier just for me, just for us to ignore it because we don't need um. this hard thing in our lives. <laughs> and, and it life's much better without it. And, and my, my buddy just said, Hey, you know, I love you, man. And I'm going to say this and I hope you don't take offense to it. But what if the point of your life is not to do the easy fun thing? But what if the point of your life is to do something that's hard and to do something that's God glorifying in a, and what is that if it's not gospel centered? <laughs> he said, the point of your life is not just to live the life you like. The point of your life is to glorify God. That is a, I mean, come on. That's an indicator of a, of a different type of friend, right? It's different. A friend that subscribes and, <laughs> and commits and is not afraid, that is loving you well by speaking the truth in love, right? Yeah. And I texted him afterward. I said, hey, man, I really appreciate you doing that. Um, I, I but heard, we're not going to be friends anymore. It's, no. it's stung. <laughs> it stings, but I, but I needed to hear it. That's yeah. what I said. I needed to hear that. I needed a brother to encourage me in glorifying Jesus more than glorifying myself or so in seeking his life as opposed to seeking the life I think I need. Right. And so I, that was, again, gospel centrality. It's please don't just hear those words and just gloss over them. Gospel centrality. It's at the center mm -hmm. of your relationship. It's the center of why you have an affection and affinity for this person. Right. And therefore it's centers, most of your conversations will center around it. Right. And it's the only thing that really can bring in differentiator number two, which is true transparency. Mm. You can't have true transparency without first being motive, like, What's the word around the same thing? You mm. know what I said? Centrality, like what you're saying. Yeah. The core, if the core is not the same, then it's really hard for us to be transparent with our struggles in our marriage. It's really hard for us to trust, you know, those friendships that may not be rooted in the mm. things of Christ. Like we are rooted. So it's more than just saying and being honest, brutally honest with the struggles you're dealing with. It has to do with also the timing of your struggle. So mm. one of the biggest issues with transparency is, um, and we've had friends, I've had friends that I still consider them close brothers and we still are in, in communion, close communion with each other. <laughs> and we've had conflict in the past where they're like, oh yeah, I was totally dealing with this thing. And I was on the verge of like utter depression and alcoholism or whatever that issue is. And we said, why didn't you call us, man? Like you, you were yeah. going through this. Why didn't you tell us so we could stand with you? We could sit with you. We could pray with you. We could help you. We could encourage you. So I think transparency is good, but it's not just uh, transparency. It's in real time transparency. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I wrote here is it's possible to sharpen and hold each other accountable if we're not honest about our real time struggles. Mm -hmm. Catch that real time. It's often the case that we talk about our sin in the past tense and community context as if we've since cracked the code and moved on. It's less ugly that way. But mm -hmm. Paul encourages others. He encourages believers otherwise. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members of one of another, uh, members one of another. This type of sacrificial truth telling, either when confessing your own faults or lovingly calling out sinful behaviors in each other, is predicated on an important mutual understanding of God's goodness in Christ. So again. So real time. So real time, real time transparency. Is real time transparency. The second differentiator. And the yeah. third one is talking is depth in discipleship. So depth and transparency obviously go hand in hand, but the difference is that transparency makes deep relationships possible while depth only happens when you are like mindfully pursuing it, right? Even within, you know, discipleship context, you're hmm. saying it's easy to just jump through the hoops. It's easy to just uh, read scripture and praying and teaching, whatever, you know, we're going, we're going through the motions, but how is it really, how is it really affecting you? 
That's and good. And you talk about altitude and attitude, which I don't know if you want to talk about that or if you want people to just go read that part. Well, I mean, I'll just – I mean, we, we've titillated them again. So <laughs> <laughs> um, altitude – attitude is really coming to – I'm thinking of a discipleship, a guy that I'm discipling right now. Mm-hmm. What I love about discipling this particular friend is he always comes with this attitude of, I don't know things that I need to know. Mm-hmm. I need to learn from God's word. That's an attitude. That's an orientation that we come to the meeting with. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, when you talk about differentiators and, and being the depth of discipleship between Christian, not every Christian friend you have is going to be discipling you or you right. discipling them. Right. But there's going to be on some level a depth of us, uh, some semblance of discipleship, meaning that you're going to come to me as a friend with an attitude that says, you're a brother in Christ. We need to learn alongside each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's an attitude. Then there's an altitude, which again, those words are similar, which is always fun <laughs> from an author's standpoint. <laughs> uh, the altitude being like, are we going to go actually deep in this? Are we going to actually deal with the, the nuances and the intricacies of this text being scripture or of this issue, whatever we're talking about, or the situation um, in love and, and with God's word being at the core of it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's differentiator number three. Uh, just a quick recap, differentiator number one. Uh, for Christian friendships, gospel centrality. Uh, differentiator number two is true real-time transparency. Again, these are not easy, folks. <laughs> like As I'm reading this, I'm like, ooh, this is hard. <laughs> uh, differentiator number three is depth and discipleship. Uh, and actually, I think goes goes hand in hand with number four, mm-hmm. which amazingly enough, <laughs> <laughs> consistency. So if we aren't consistently gathering, right? Hebrews ten. 24 through 25, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So if we are not consistently meeting together, right, consistently learning together, stirring up one another for good works, stirring up one another in love, then we aren't actually what are we act- we aren't actually having that true right. christian friendship right this is just another like we do hobbies together our kids like each other there's not yes. more there yet and i always pray for those relationships that's a side note so there's a lot there's a lot of uh nuance in this you know that i always like to use that word but mm. it's not that you can you have to have these deep consistent relationships with every person you know who's a christian it's just that if you want to have a relationship that is that is explicitly and unequivocally Christian in nature, meaning mm-hmm. Christian, like historical Christianity. That's the way the Christians did it, the way Christians do it today. Then this, like this type of friendship, not just a friend who's a Christian, but this type, this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So and that's why the consistency is so important. Like if you don't have any of these types of, if, if you don't have a friendship or friendships with these consistent, with these differentiators, mm-hmm. then you probably don't have a Christian friendship in the, in the sense that we're discussing it today. Right. And I think, I think too, that there also just has to be that ability to be able to go to those deep places. Like I mm. don't go to my Christian friends and always talk about deep hard things yes, because good. that's hard and that's frustrating. And sometimes you just got to have fun, right? Oh yeah. So yeah. I, that may go without saying, and you have but, the most fun, I'd say, too, when you have fun with those people. Well, yeah, because the, the roots run deeper so together. Deep. Yeah. And so that's what makes it um, a more safe, I feel like, relationship in some ways mm. and a more just a better experience all around. So, yeah. And that's actually, the, again, goes to the fifth, the fifth differentiator, which <laughs> is commitment. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean in yeah. this context? What are, you, what are you talking about? What am I talking well, about? <laughs> I think I wrote this part. <laughs> 
Tell me what I'm talking well, about. Well, because, you know, we're all sinners. We're all people that are dealing with hard things, mm. right? And so the world in the world sense, like we've all experienced worldly friendships of like, well, this is getting too hard or awkward or weird. I just let's just get some space, right? We just are not committed to working through anything like that. But as Christians, we're called to live in biblical community. We are called to have more of an attitude that there's really there's nothing we can't get through. You know, we're committed to to working through mm, this. That's good. Um, it's really good. And we don't have to be afraid of that, I guess. And I think that was that was a big thing for me because uh, just kind of the church background I came from, it was like it always felt good and was and friendships were good and relational, but they're very surfacey, right? Which yeah. it's easy to have those kinds of relationships on the surface. But when they would go deep, I would be like, well, I don't know how to deal with conflict. Basically, you don't know how to like, yeah. walk through because it's like, well, we're just we're going too deep and I'm, I'm not committed to this or I don't, you know, there's not enough. Yeah. All the things that we're saying are differentiators were things that I was afraid of and didn't understand because yeah. there wasn't this, this lower, this commitment of yeah. we are, but the body of Christ, we are going to walk through this together because God has called us and he's given us instruction and we can. So commitment, I think is kind of the glue that holds it all together. Right. Right. Cause you can't, you can't be totally transparent in real time with someone mm-hmm. who you think is going to bail on you. Or who's going to, yeah, throw it in your face or who's going to, you don't feel safe with. Again, we're not talking about marriage commitment. We're talking about commitment with between believers right. and Christian community, right. Christian friendships. So a, a community without commitment is just a click, right? Because basically you're oh, asking, you're, you're telling someone to come in and be perfect. Like I'm committed to you so long as you don't upset me. Mm. As soon as this stops being beneficial to me. See how mm. there's covenantal kind of undertones oh, here? Oh, yeah. Contractual. As opposed to, as soon as that transaction becomes something that's not favorable for me, peace, I'm out. I'm out, right. I'm leaving. You can't have a Christian friendship that is not committed and not saying like, I don't see your value in what you bring to me. Your value is intrinsic to you because our Savior has placed it there. Mm -hmm. And I see you as valuable because he sees you as valuable. Mm. This is good stuff. It's hard stuff. It's good stuff. What are the five again? Let's just recap, and then we're going to get into the the actual. Um... Well, and why for marriage? I guess that sure. that would ask the bigger question. Sure. So the first one is uh, gospel centrality. Again, talking about five differentiators of Christian friendships: uh, gospel centrality. Uh, number two, true transparency. Number three is depth in discipleship. Number four is consistency, and number five is commitment. Mm. So these are all sort of echoes, right, of our covenant yeah. in marriage. Uh, as well. So can I read a line? Yep. This is from the transparency piece. Uh, the number did I two. write it or did you write it? So I don't know. I think it's from the same chapter. It's probably, yeah. So the core reason transparency, <laughs> it applies to the next chapter, which you wrote. So the, it's fine. the core reason transparency and, and, and who's better. <laughs> I can't let this go. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. You're the best. All right. <laughs> The core reason for transparency in Christian community is especially difficult because it puts your true identity to the test. And the same is true for those with whom you're honest. If your community is grace-based and gospel-centered, your transparency will enliven everyone and stir your mutual affections for Christ. If your community is works-based and self-centric, your transparency will make them writhe in discomfort. If we are to experience all that Christian community is designed to be, we must fight to be found in Christ and then fight through feelings of unease, mm. trusting that joy and freedom await us on the other side. Mm. See where there's comfort there? Right. And so it really does take a um, 
a vision for what God is calling us out of, and not only what he's calling us out of, but what he's calling us into right, right. as people of God, as community. Which leads us honestly into talking about how we can be in a small group together. So the, we were talking about these friendships, these sort of one-on-one like guides right. and mentors, people that are sort of, you know, sort of on like the outside, but also the very much on the inside. So how do we differentiate between the two? Right. Yeah. So that leads us into, um, a, f- a fierce community. So how do we, you were asking the question, like, how do we, how do we stick together? Kind of, how do we walk through these hard things and s- have those hard conversations that are, directed at each other right but they're coming from the place of of love and this gospel centrality mm-hmm. and we we call it fierce community right it takes a fierce tenacity to work through those hard conversations yes. the doubts the frustrations that come with a group of sinners right a small group is not a clique it is not a place that we are all just going to love each other and get along um but it is a place that we can be known mm. um dustin willis i think that hit, what what was his book called i think it was something community Oh yeah, I'm talking about. Um, it he said building genuine community and actively seeking mission will never be easy. Um, hmm. And in Galatians, you know, he Paul talks about not to not grow weary of doing good for in due season we'll reap if we do not give up. So, there. What does he mean? I, I want to hover on that. It will never be easy. Point just a little bit. Sure. Well, I was yeah. I was. I think I was trying to go there. Okay. Well, let's go there together. Okay. As a team. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> I think the hardest thing for me is confrontation. So if someone's doing something or saying something or acting in a way, there's attitudes or there's any sort of degradation in, uh, you know what I mean? When you feel like you need to call someone out on yeah. something. Yeah. I have a hard time with that because it's like, it takes bravery to say, okay. And you have to really center yourself on Christ and say, I'm doing this because of Jesus, not because of Ryan. Oh, my stomach just turns at that. <laughs> And so I'm going to, so I'm going to. It's so hard to do. I don't like conflict or confrontation either. Right. So it takes a lot of bravery to go into that place that is uncomfortable. It takes a fierce tenacity. And again, a vision (laughs) that a vision for what is to be had on the other side of it. So you can say, I am going to make this call. I am going to send this text to initiate a conversation. I don't, I don't recommend having the full conversation over text. Never. But you can initiate one and yeah. say, Hey, can we talk later today? Yeah. Or I, I got something that I've been thinking about, bro. Can we talk about it? <laughs> for <laughs> Just, sure. Yeah. For sure. So that, I think that's, you said it's hard to live in Christian community. I think there's that piece. Then there's the vulnerability part. Absolutely. Of like, okay, someone's asked me a hard question. Am I going to give them the sugar-coated version or am I going to give them the... Yeah, we're really good at not being truly transparent, right? We can give just them... Just enough. Just enough to keep people happy and to kind of <laughs> let them know, like, we don't want to go there. But sometimes we need to go there. Uh, but I think there's <laughs> I think there's ways to do that. I do <laughs> think there's wisdom. I just think what? of... Kelly, how are you and Ryan doing? Amazing. I mean, awful. <laughs> That's like, how do you get those mixed up? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so yeah, which version are you going to give? You know, because it's really easy if someone says, how's your, how, hey, you guys have been struggling in your marriage. How are you guys holding up? Are you doing all right? Mm. Oh man, we're, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're just getting, getting through day by day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not easy, but day by day, you're just right. we're making steps. Uh, as opposed to, you know what, my pride is really killing our marriage right now. And I cannot seem to get my wife to trust me because of years of my pridefulness, or I can't get my husband to, uh, to trust me because I have belittled him Mm, in these ways. Like how much more transparent is that than, you know what? We're just, you know, day by day, 
brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Christianese, all right? Cut it. Just cut it and let's talk real English terms. Own. There's a lot that goes, goes into yes. owning your own sin in that way. <sighs> but I, I, I'm saying that's that's what you're articulating in this right. in this part. Right. right. And, you know, Christian community, this, this idea of being known in a small group, it offers us a place really to voice our troubles, to celebrate and weep, you know, with each other to <laughs> that sounds to celebrate when it's time to celebrate, to cry with each other, <laughs> yeah. right? To share resources, to have hard conversations. Mm. It's a place of, of where growth and sharpening can happen, but it requires those differentiators of commitment and consistency. Um, mm. It's not easy to go through those things. And so I think as you, you know, venture out into your small groups, there's, there's a few things that have been helpful to us because I've fallen on my face completely still do in the midst of small groups. It happens. There's four things that I want to share real quick and then uh, kind of about a fierce community and then some couples rules for, for like ground rules for sharing. Because I think as a couple, we may not always share in a respectful and loving way, right? The mm. troubles that we're going through. It's much easier just to throw each other under the bus. So sometimes it feels better in the moment too. The first one is that uh, it is not all about you. Uh, we mean that lovingly. Like look at those five differentiators. Um, the purposes of a small group are not just about you. Uh, they're about Christ in you, right? Mm. And growing and walking out salvation together. So uh, I'm just going to leave that there. Number two, keep your expectations of others low, but your expectations of God high. Oh, I baby. I think we go into small groups with high expectations, right? Of leaders. They're supposed to be. I know I in the past have like, okay, my leaders are not like my God, right? But they are they are people I look to for the right answers <laughs> and they better get it right because I'm going to be really mad if they don't. Um, so t sometimes we, I think we tend to put pressure on people in relationships when we really shouldn't, um, again, seeing the bigger purpose. You, like you want to say something? Yeah. Well, I mean, just thinking of any sort of um, couple that you butt heads with in a, in a small group setting or a, like pers a personality, a prickly personality, as we might call them. <laughs> Like quit, like just let them be prickly. Like just have thick skin and just quit trying to smooth people out. People, yeah, just let them be. And <laughs> the Lord will work. It's such a beautiful thing in that. Instead of being like, oh, so and so was so just ugh, typical of them to do that. <laughs> like, love, she drives me crazy. I love this part of Ryan <laughs> when he shows up like this. <laughs> so sassy instead, Ryan, like lower your expectations. Of course they're prickly. All right, they're a sinner just like you. Right. But you know what? up your expectations of what God can do yeah. in that person's life and ask yourself this based on the first thing Selena said. It's not about you. It's not about you. Yeah. How can you be a tool in God's able hand yes. to help help shape this person? Again, when you're not just trying to get them to be less prickly, but you're trying to actually see them conform to the right. image of Christ. Right. The third one is to be consistent about showing up and being honest about where you and your spouse are at, which we'll talk mm. about the ground rules for that. But I know, you know, the hardest part sometimes is just showing up. And especially right now, we're going to date this pandemic, but showing up for Zoom calls is kind of the worst. But once I see people's faces, once we start interacting, right. you know, you just got to get there. You just got to go there. So be consistent, show up. The last yeah. one is to extend grace. And we've already said this, but 
James 1 9 reminds us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Extend mm. grace. Remember how much grace has been extended to you. Oftentimes, if somebody's story or something is rubbing you the wrong way, from what I've learned, is not to just say, oh, have you done this or have you tried this, right? That's always super helpful. <laughs> Ask just... questions around it. Try to understand it because mm. I will almost guarantee you there's way more to the story than you're seeing right now. There's a and lot probably, of depth and yeah. hurt and pain that you are not seeing or experiencing or know about. And, and, so, and probably they don't know yeah. about in that when you're asking questions, you're actually giving them an opportunity to articulate things in new ways yeah. or examine parts of their own heart. You're helping them see through themselves yeah. and being seen by you at the same time. It's a sign of humility, I think, too, right? That we're That's journeying so together. So That's been my biggest lesson over the yeah. last year, I think, is don't offer advice unless it's explicitly requested or it's desperately needed. <laughs> <laughs> don't jump off the bridge yeah. no. but there's a but in general there's a sense that like i just need to be a good listener here and then i need to be a, a good encourager right right in that and in, in the gospel of course right so. uh so some couples rules for ground <laughs> ground sharing here we go it's... couples ground rules for sharing and these are quick unity and agreement ahead of time be ahead okay real quick okay. i want to set the stage for this because okay you're, you're sitting in a small group in someone's living room you're going around the room, everybody's checking in, or you're talking through some sort of Bible study, you're going through a study guide, like the see-through marriage discussion <laughs> guide. <laughs> Plug. But it's like, okay, what issues have you dealt with? And all of a sudden, like, Larry's wife pipes up from across the room, and she's like, oh, our marriage is in shambles. <laughs> right? We're laughing about it because we're being dramatic. We're dramatic, yeah. There are ways that we can kind of, like, uh, expose break rank with our own spouse yeah, and expose is. more than maybe they were ready for. Right. Now there is a difference and you talk about this is there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if, if someone's husband or wife is dealing with the pornography addiction, it may not be appropriate to be like, yeah, Hey everyone, there's eight people in this room, 16 people in this room. Uh, my husband is severely addicted to pornography and has been for the last 17 years right. or whatever. Or the wife is, you know, I caught my wife looking at pornography or whatever the thing is. That's maybe not the right place for that conversation. Right, right. That's something that maybe should it's not be not be kept secret, right. but should probably probably be kept private right. and uh, brought up in a more private setting. Absolutely, which kind of goes in hand in hand with the next one, which is saying this is not the battlefield, so we're not going to be duking it out at small group. I think that there are hmm. moments and vul <laughs> and like just raw moments of like, well, <laughs> He's annoying me right now, and this is what's happening in our marriage. And saying that, yeah, um, and that's okay. But this is not the time to be like arguing about it with each other. And I think we just need to go into yeah. that, recognizing that like we're gonna have to hit pause. We're gonna have to take a time out on this. Mm. So you're probably anyway. saying like, okay, Selena and Ryan, what exactly do we share? If we're you're calling us to be transparent, you're calling us to do that in a group, right? And and you're telling us we need to own our sin. But how do we do that? What do we what does that even look like then if you're saying we can't do these things? Um, so what we're really trying to say is that we do need to to share the struggles yeah. we're facing, use wisdom. We need to name the sin and own it. Uh, and we can talk about kind of our frustrations and doubts and bring those mm. to the table, but we need to do it unified. We need to name those feelings, share the emotions and the hurts. And I mean, the Gottmans talk about this all the time, but you can have you con avoid the you sort of conversation when it comes to your feelings and emotions. Talk not like yeah. you make me feel like this, but I've felt like this when we've struggled in the past about these things. You know, they've you need to be able to share things that you have agreed on, right? Where I've agreed that we can 
you can share that I've been struggling with this and this is how we've been working on it, right? Or how we see God bringing us and leading us closer together. How can others pray for us, yeah. right? Those are areas that we can we can generally speak of. And then have a time set aside with your small group of maybe there's guys and girls meeting, you know, on different nights where you can, you know, go into depth maybe a little bit more with the, with the mm-hmm. same gender. Um, just for, again, talking about secrecy versus privacy and – um, respect for all members of the group, especially your spouse. Yeah. So I, I think the, the underlying thing that you're saying is there's, there's a time and a place, there's mm-hmm. an appropriate setting. Yeah. It's not that we're ever shielding or hiding ourselves right. or somehow hedging our bets. Uh, we are, we are vulnerable, but in a, an appropriate setting. And right. sometimes a small group setting isn't that. The thing with small groups and Christian in the Christian uh, West is that they take on almost as many forms as there Mm -hmm. are small groups. Mm -hmm. And so it really depends on your own context. And so it's going to take you uh, working closely Mm -hmm. alongside your spouse and in, in step with the spirit to make sure that you're living transparently in these contexts, both in individual relationships, but also in these community group relationships. Right, And there's benefits to it as well. We have three quick benefits. You know, our relationships are deepened, right? With God, our marriage is really, our marriage relationship goes deeper Absolutely. and with others, right? We're able to work through and figure out how to have deeper relationships with mm, those people yeah. in our small groups or with those Christian friends. The second benefit is building unity. You know, build, being in community builds unity within our marriage because mm-hmm. it roots out division and it seeks reconciliation, right? It, it, it brings us back to God's word, to Absolutely. his promises, yeah. to the things of him. The third one is, yeah. Um, being on mission. Yeah. So knowing that you're going into it as a couple on mission, not just to uh, fix others, but to uh, um, to be fixed. <laughs> like, <laughs> not that people fix us. God work, uses through his, right. his body. It just, yeah, it means we have a purpose that's bigger yeah. than ourselves and it's rooted it's bigger than ourselves. in the gospel. Yeah. That's good. So. All right. So what do we have for a couple's conversation challenge this week? I'm going to say, here's the first challenge. Buy <laughs> see-through marriage if you haven't yet. <laughs> Uh, you guys, it's available anywhere books are sold. Go to seethroughbook.com if you want to learn more about it. Otherwise, just go straight to Amazon, or Barnes & Noble, or wherever you get your books. And uh, because we wrote this book hoping that it would uh, – hoping that 20, 30 years from now, you look back and say, man, when we learned to live see-through lives, it changed everything because it forced us to really stake our identity on Christ alone mm. and have and, and root out – these sins that were otherwise obscured to us. And so anyway, we wrote this book with that hope in mind. Mm. So that's your first challenge. Cause, and there's also a discussion guide. I think that you can get with it. Um, but start having some conversations around that. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pull, pull one out of my ear here for this. Okay. So uh, now for a tangible challenge based on the content here, talking about relationships, go ahead and write down like maybe the top three relationships you have, both your, your, your spouse, your husband, your wife, and you, Top, write down your top three friendships and go through and talk about these five differentiators and say, are these Christian friendships? And That's if you good. don't have a Christian friendship in your life, maybe start talking about who that person, because you could cultivate it. It could be, you could, could be create right a Christian friendship with a Christian in your life. Yeah. Or you may need to go, uh, go, pray go pray God. and search yes. for, for good, um, good brothers and sisters. So awesome. With that said, again, this is the, this is part four of our four part mini series. Oh, baby. 
We hope this has been helpful for you. If you missed any of the first three episodes, you can find those on the podcast archives on whatever podcasting app you use. Again, I want to encourage you to check out seethroughbook.com or just search for Seethrough Marriage on whatever platform you get your books and uh, def- definitely pick up a copy. Um, yeah. Um, I guess we will see you. This episode is. Oh man, it's it's been a long day. It's Freddie. in the can. The episode. Thank is you. In just the can. give me some grace. Sorry. Once in a while. You're Jeez. welcome. Yes. Come on now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> now my voice is starting to crack. It's all going <laughs> down. <downhill. laughs> all right, we'll see you in a few days. Until next time, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.